Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Bingetown TV's first ever Game of Thrones podcast. I guess you can't really say welcome back to our first ever podcast, but we're glad that you're here. So as I'm sure you know, we'll be talking about the premiere of the new prequel, House of the Dragon. Um, if you are new here to Bingetown TV, be sure to subscribe on either your favorite podcast app that you're currently listening on, or if you're watching our beautiful faces on YouTube, be sure to click that subscribe button as well. Um, we'll be pumping out podcast episodes for each episode of the show, so uh, follow along with us. So I guess, quick introduction, I'm Kyle. I guess I will be the host. I'm a little bit of the resident Game of Thrones lore master, if you will. And I'm joined by uh, my good friends, Luke and Kathleen. So I guess, why don't you guys just quick background of your Game of Thrones fandom experiences, and then we can jump into the episode itself. All right, I'll start. Um, so Game of Thrones, very touchy subject with me. Um, I would say that I've been watching live since season three is when I kind of got into the show. We were kind of our age group. We were a little bit younger, so we were just really getting into to high quality TV. And this was like HBO's new show. I was in from from almost the beginning. I, I watched it live every single Sunday since season three. Um, it was my absolute favorite show, and there was there was a, a mile long gap between between my number one show and my number two show. And if you needed somebody on this podcast to be the residential petty motherfucker about the actual OG series, that's me. I, I don't think you'll find somebody that hates the end of Game of Thrones, the show, more than myself. Um, to add on to it a little bit, though, like I was so obsessed with the show. We bought every single flag, bought every single knickknack. I, I read all the books, except I don't think I read all of the fifth book. It's because that was right around the time where I was falling out of love because of season seven and season eight. But either way. Loved it, and I, I feel like I know almost everything you need to know for, for basic world building. But a caveat to that is I know nothing about um, Fire and Blood. Never touched the book. I know the rough history just because of my love for the actual Game of Thrones show and like all the Targaryen lore. So Kyle's going to have to you know correct us when we're wrong there, but I'm super fucking excited, and I'll get more into my reactions about how I felt initially watching the show when we start talking about that, but that's pretty much my background. Yeah, I was obsessed with the show. Same with Luke. I was early college, season three-ish, when I started watching, was obsessed. Game of Thrones paired with Westworld was the were the shows that got me into like supplemental podcasts, uh, just TV podcasts, getting obsessed with week by week, dying for the episode, and then just needing more content to read, to listen to. Never read a single book, not one line, <laughs> not one word. I could probably listen to them at some point. But other than that, I'm just pumped to be here and dive into this lore again. I mean, just the music alone made me feel some type of way last night watching. So I am happy to be here. I'm not going to know a lot of the deep, deep book lore. So I will be someone who um, is watching the show, reading articles and, and such. But I won't have any of the lore. I'll be kind of like brand new. I'm staring at the book. I didn't even realize I had it. It's on my shelf. So maybe I'll dabble. But yep. How about you, Kai? Yeah, I guess so. I dropped the title of Resident Lore Master. So I might as well explain my qualifications for that. Um, I guess the main series I've read, I've only read that twice. Um, but I actually just finished a reread or a re-listen if you want to be a stickler about the audiobooks. Um, and I actually am currently rereading Fire and Blood right now. Um, I've read Night of the Seven Kingdoms. 
I have, or rather my sisters have, but I frequently browse through the, the World of Ice and Fire book. Um, so I just love this shit, basically, and love the show. Obviously, season eight was a big disappointment, but we're uh, we're past that, and we're on to this show. Mm-hmm. So I want to set um, expectation levels here about spoilers, I guess. I don't even know if that's the right way to say it, because... The history is written. We know where it ends. We're at point A, yes. which is 172 years before Daenerys is born. And then we're going to end at point B, which is the end of Game of Thrones season eight. Um, so a lot of things are going to be predetermined. I'm sure they're going to take some liberties. What do you guys want to do in terms of just knowing where characters are going and like who's going to die? Like, Are we going to be a little bit more hands-off? Yeah. Kyle, so Kyle, I you're think gonna, it should be yeah, no be book spoilers. I'm perfectly okay with I can supplement in terms of like as many changes as I identify that they made, mm-hmm. but I don't, I'm not going to say anything. Like I would never be like that person's going to die and things like that. Okay. Obviously these people are all dead by the time, like you said, the game of Thrones show rolls around, mm-hmm. but there's so many events that are going to happen in the in-between and it's, there's going to be shocking things. There's definitely an event that people put on the level of the red wedding. So there's like a lot of things that are going to happen. Um, but I would say no book spoilers at all. Amazing. Do we have any inclination on how many seasons they want to do with this? If I had to guess, I just want to say the number like three for some reason sticks in my mind. I just don't know if they could drag it out longer than that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much like the it's it's less like length, like book pages than even one Game of Thrones book. It's like maybe 400 pages in Fire and Blood. But it's I guess a nice preface is that Fire and Blood's written like a textbook. It's written as like an in-universe book written by a maester, like looking back on the events. So like Queen Emma's death is like a paragraph where it's like she died and then the child died and King Viserys was sad. Like that's all that the book says about it. So they obviously were taking liberties to expand on the canon material. So there's also will be things, some things that are complete surprises to book readers as well. Cool. So let's, I guess, just talk about our first impressions, right? Before we actually break things down. So my initial watch through, I I did it live like everybody else. I liked it a lot, but there was just something in the back of my head the entire time that anytime they were connecting things to the Game of Thrones series, it it was a bad taste in my mouth. I'm not going to lie about that. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's just anytime. Like it was fine in the beginning with the dialogue written on the screen about like, this is the time before Daenerys Targaryen. But anytime we're showing things that's connecting directly to what's to happen in, in Game of Thrones, it was a little eh for me. Um, and I'll, I'll talk about that a lot, especially when we get to the last scene, when, when um, Viserys is talking to Rhaenyra about the whole prophecy and all that. But my second watch through I kind of relaxed a little bit and let myself feel the excitement of what I was truly watching, which is top of the market in production value, the highest quality like writers that you're going to get, um, just like the best world that one of my favorite worlds in all of existence and media, entertainment, whatever. And I was willing to like it a lot more the second time, trying to not bias myself from how much I hated the end of Game of Thrones. So when I'm looking at it in that in that light, I really liked it. And maybe it's because of all the knowledge I have about the landscape. Like I know the high towers, I know old town, they're referencing all these things and I'm, I'm absolutely loving that stuff again. And again, once I got over the game of Thrones, ick, I was really into it. I'm 
one of those people who watched season eight and could recognize that it was an absolute shit show and then rewatched it and was like, I just love this. Like, I <laughs> I can't even get get it up enough to be like this fucking sucks. like yeah. I just really love it. And I was so it was so easy to get so cozy back in this world last night when I was watching just on the couch, snugged up again, the music, the the familiar architecture and everything. I was like, this feels right. And so I know what you're saying, Luke, about those little hint, not so subtle hints. Um, I didn't mind them. We'll see as it go as it goes along. My second watch was just as good as my first, which was right before this. Um, so yeah, I don't have much more to add. Obviously, we will just deep dive into it. But uh, yeah, it's very cozy. I'm I'm just loving this. This is gonna be ten good weeks. I'm pumped. Yeah, I don't have much to add. I completely agree with all of it. Um, yeah, the the tie-ins to the Game of Thrones series are what takes it away from being like a nine and a half or like a ten for me, honestly. But uh, I think I texted the group chat like five minutes into the episode. I was like, this is so fucking sick. <laughs> like, it just felt like, yeah, you're right. I just felt comfy to be back in the world. It just, it really felt right. It's going to get better for me as it goes yeah. along, as I distance myself more. But again, I just don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to repeat on that. Anyway, let's we'll go. talk about it at the end. Yeah, for sure. Will. All right. So before we get to the end, we got to start at the beginning. So the show opens up actually with some narration and uh, a scene that's kind of taken place in the past in relevance to the rest of the show. So this is the Great Council. This was held because King Jaehaerys I, known as the Old King, was old as shit, and both of his sons had died. So at this point, he has no male heir. So then the question becomes, who is the heir? There's two people, basically, that were had the two best claims. So Jaehaerys brings all of the lords of Westeros to Harrenhal. We remember Harrenhal as it was mm -hmm. a frequent place we went to in Game of Thrones. And they basically just vote. That's kind of what happened. There's a cool quote actually in the books that's like, it became the fourth largest city in the realm because so many people came to Harrenhal for this great council. We learn very quickly that Viserys, the man, ends up winning, was not much of a shock. So I guess there's really... I don't know what kind of reaction you guys had to this scene, but I guess we can get to that before I can dive into a little bit of the lore stuff. Uh, I just had a quick question, and uh, apologies for any of the pronunciations. We all know what we're getting into here. If yeah. We're not absolute experts. I'm sorry, but so one of the options w was Lord Corliss Valerian's wife, right? Correct. Yeah. So essentially, Rainey's, which is Corliss's wife, is the eldest granddaughter of the old king. Okay. And Viserys is the eldest grandson. So they're siblings. They are not. So they're cousins. Cousins. Okay. That's yeah, that so, was kind of what my yeah. question was. Rainey's father was the eldest son, so that's why people were like, "She's descended from the OG heir." Mm -hmm. So that was kind of her claim was that she is, you know, the daughter of the OG heir, and Viserys is the son of the second heir, or the second son, essentially. And Valeron is that what's the last name? Valerian. I Valerian. think. Yeah. Are they are they like a distant Targaryen cousin branch from Essos? So when the Targaryens kind of vacated Valyria, the Valerians were kind of like they're almost like their BFF house. Yeah. Yeah. Like if kind of the Targaryens are the A house, they're the big dogs because they have all the dragons and everything. But the Valerians are kind of they're mm -hmm. like sea captains. They're basically just bros that have hung out for all of eternity. Starks, car stark kind of thing, a little bit. It's yeah, a honestly, a little bit, yeah. but they're way cooler and more powerful than the Karstarks. Cool. Okay. 
yeah, they've kind of intermingled and inter, you know, had relationships for like hundreds of years and things like that. Yeah. Um, so I guess a little bit of the, this is actually the first big change that they've made. So I'll make two comments here. The first one is that in the books, actually it's Rainey's son with Corliss. They have a son named Lanor. He is actually in the books who is like the other person besides Viserys. So basically it becomes like, do we want this great grandchild who was the grandchild of the first heir, or is it going to be the son of the second heir? It's basically proximity versus actually like being like an older male. And it's like a absolute landslide for the Viserys. They say it was like 20 to one, basically on all the votes. Okay, cool. That was just a small change. It just makes it a lot easier to just do Rainey's versus uh, Viserys. I just want to say, I think that Rainey's is going to be a great character. I think oh, she's yeah. a bad bitch. Yeah, yep. she's setting up to be a good one. The actress looks perfect for it too, if I, if I might add. And the second one would just be a great quote from the book. So I mentioned in the book, it's like a kind of a textbook that they wrote with like, kind of first person, third person um, notes, letters that they found throughout the years. And one of the perspectives that they use is a, a court dwarf named Mushroom, who is basically like Tyrion Lannister on steroids. He's like a complete, just, you know, all, it's all debauchery. All his descriptions of everything is about people fucking and killing each other and shit. But his quote about the Great Council is that, what did Viserys ever have that Rhaenys didn't? A little sausage? Is that all it takes to be king? Let mushroom rule then. My sausage is thrice the size of his. <laughs> nice. So that's a little insight into a lot of the info they were getting to write this book. Basically wit 2.0 for this cosmic yeah. fans. Yeah, I like that. I like that. All right. So we'll move on from the uh, the Great Council opening that sets the scene. So we got a little bit of a time jump. So now Viserys is king. And uh, the next three scenes we'll run through. We'll take them down individually. But basically, these are our introduction scenes. So the first scene we'll talk about or scenes rather, will be our introduction to Rhaenyra, Alison Hightower, and Queen Emma. So this is our first dragon shot of the show, mm-hmm. which is fucking awesome. We meet some other people. We learn some things about, you know, there's a dragon keepers, all this kind of stuff. So uh, we can just dive into this these scenes first. Rhaenyra is, first of all, I think she's great. Um, she's giving Arya Stark energy, like mm-hmm. running around Winterfell, like wanting to use the bow and arrow and do and climb and do whatever the boys were doing. I love her as a character. I think I'm missing. She's the narrator, correct? In the beginning. Yes. In the future. Right. And I know that they cast older versions. Can you just give me a quick, uh, like lowdown of what kind of jumps we're looking at here? That is a great, I mean, they have, so they've changed the age of almost every character. So like Viserys is supposed to be like 28. Damn. And Renera is supposed to be like eight and things like that. So everyone Damn. kind of is, they've aged up a lot of characters. And actually, Allison is supposed to be way older, not way older, but she's supposed to be like 18 while Renera is eight. But they made in the same age because they want them to be like friends in the show. I would say we're in for maybe like a 10 ish year gap, 10 to 15. I think like the whole kind of dance of dragons that's going to take place takes place over like three ish years, but it takes place about maybe 20 years after this. So okay. I just don't know what they're going to do with it since they've changed the age of the game. A lot of guesswork at this point, but okay. Okay. For Rhaenyra, she is aged up to what is she supposed to be in the show? Like 14, 13? Is that what it is? And I'm assuming they're getting it that you're like young teen, like maybe about to, to use yeah. the, the terminology from the show. She's about to flower, but um, <laughs> 
don't what, the terminology from the what do you show. think that means <laughs> i don't know um but in the book she's supposed to be like eight i think yeah that's what i've read just randomly in a yeah yeah so she's just older yeah um but yeah she i agree kathleen Arya stark is my favorite character from game of thrones she i love her so much and she, that's what she's got she's like fuck the septa like she's just like cool yeah. as shit like she's gonna be she's gonna be great and she establishes that in two scenes agreed yeah and i just like that so the conversation she has with her mother which is emma aaron or emma targaryen is essentially that's the thematic setup for the entire show the queen basically says like a woman's service to the realm is childbirth like this is our battlefield while men basically get to go out and be kings and and go to war and things like that Mm -hmm. and it's kind of the show is going to challenge that notion obviously now that we have rainies as a character who is later on gets called the queen that never was because she got passed over and then now we have Rhaenyra at the end of the episode is the heir and there's talk even in this episode of whether that's a good idea or not so that's kind of they set up that early and they're gonna kind of hammer that through pretty much i'm assuming every episode for the rest of the show and i hate to ask another family question but this is probably going to be a theme at least for the first episode where we're setting the world up is emma a pure targaryen like were they incest she is not so she is viserys's cousin okay yeah so her her father is an aaron we remember that's what i heard i did hear that yeah the awful family from game of thrones with little robert and the moon door and yeah so her her mother is one of the old king's daughters okay so her mom and viserys mom and rainy's dad their parents were all siblings okay yeah it'll get complicated we can keep reiterating things like that yeah yeah. that's why she i mean she has the white hair and she is like she has targaryen blood yeah okay it just isn't her last name because her dad wasn't one and I do want to shout out, speaking of of houses and such, that uh, the the Kingsguard Knight, his name is Sir Howard Westerling. Westerlings are Rob Stark's wife in the books is a Westerling, and his actor is Dijkstra from The Witcher. So that's dope. Yep. Yeah. If he looked familiar to anyone that likes fantasy shows, that's probably why. Mm-hmm. So let's move into the council because I feel like yes, this sir. is this is totally this is great. This is what I live for when it comes to politics and fantasy shows. Like they they do a good job. We already have the lay of the land if you've watched any of the Game of Thrones show. Like there's always the master of coin. Like you always have the hand of the kings there, the leader of the of the city guard. Um so that's like what's going on here. And we're just getting a, a good subtle world building in the background if you care for it. Like the triarchy starting in the three yeah. cities was fucking sweet. Um that's just what Daenerys takes over in all of Game of Thrones in, in Essos. And then I this is the scene right away where I guess the pronunciation Corliss, Lord Corliss. Yeah, Cor- yeah. It sounds like he is pretty in on um just like the law of the lands, which leads to him supporting Damon, I guess, in the middle of the episode. He's like a I don't know, I kind of like him. I like So Corliss. him and him and Damon actually, they'll get into it, but so Corliss Valerian, they're actually making a TV show about him. He is gonna have his own really? spin-off when he was younger. So he is like the richest person in Westeros at this point. Like he is like the most renowned sea captain. There's one word to describe him. It's purely just ambition. And obviously they use that word to describe Damon a lot. So that's what he, that's why he's worried about the triarchy. Cause he's a sailor and he makes all of his money off of like trading vessels and such. Just expert world building. Yeah. So that's why that kind of, and then they, they dropped the name crab feeder and they, they, they shot some scenes about that, but they must've cut them of like what that guy actually did to get that name. Cause I saw like, production photos of him actually being the crab feeder but i think they cut them uh, is it off the table that it comes back into play that storyline uh i mean it might not be it might yeah. not be it just seems like maybe that was a place for it 
That's, so yeah, that's all. I yeah, so Corliss is great. I'm very very excited about Corliss Valerian. Mm-hmm. And we also meet. I guess now we we get to meet um the Hand of the King in this show. So we got a ton of them in Game of Thrones. But for now, we have a uh, Otto Hightower. He just seems like he's all about his business. He's not a big fan of Damon. We also learn about uh, Lord Lyman Beesbury. He is the master of coin. So he's, I guess, a little bit of our, our little finger, although it doesn't seem to be as much of a schemer. And we have Grand Maester Malos. We also have a Lord Lionel Strong, but I don't know if Lord Lionel Strong, he's the master of laws. I don't think he says anything in this scene. Any takeaways from that, Kathleen? Anyone that stuck out or you're good? Um, I think I'm good. I have more to say once we get into the the further yep. scenes with them when it gets more intense. Did the you recognize thing- Hightower? From uh, the Amazing Spider-Man, uh, the Andrew Garfield one. Yeah, he's yeah. The who is he? He's who the is lizard, he? In- the main bad guy of the first. I one. did recognize him, but mm-hmm. you know, I've been trying not to IMDb as much in the beginning of shows, <laughs> just in case. But yeah. I did sneakily IMDb in in this case, but I did not look him up. I was like very mm-hmm. being very like specific about who I did, so I could just pinpoint but yeah no i that i can i do recognize him from that now i will turn that on you luke do you recognize there's no way you possibly could recognize him with the hair but do you recognize who corliss valerian is there's no way it's gonna be great but there's no, if you get this i'll give you a hundred dollars is it a marvel no he's it's a, J- no. it's a jake gyllenhaal movie a jake gyllenhaal movie prince of persia or some shit <laughs> is that yeah, what it's yeah. from yeah yeah he's from prince of persia <laughs> um like uh, the hundred dollars is out now because like I gave a genie you the hint, or something. No, no, he's the guy who who throws the knives. He gets the the blade at the end and throws it out the window. Oh my god, that yeah, is amazing! Yeah. He has one yeah, of the best him. scenes. Oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah, that's him. If anyone else gets that <laughs> reference, listening, you're you're a beast, and thanks for listening. Fuck <laughs> yeah! <laughs> and I guess the last thing I'll say about the the small council scene is that I think they're making it kind of obvious that Viserys is pretty chill for a Targaryen king. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like a kind of a cool guy. He doesn't really get mad at a lot of shit in the scene. They're kind of laughing. He's breaking bread. He kind of makes he opens the scene with a joke. So seems like he's fairly chill compared. Not to Not what other. I expected. I want to ask Kathleen real quick. Like, yeah, what did you have in your head as idea of Targaryens? Like, I mean, all you got is like Mad King, right? Every Targaryen you assume might be a little a little nutty. And I mean, it's been no war for 60 years, they said. What's her name? Rayleigh. So you said no. What's Rainies? Rainies. Rainies. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she's like these people are basically these people are pussies. They don't even know war. It's been yeah. 60 years. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I was expecting I was expecting crazy. And this guy's chill. And it shows later, even when he's talking to the queen when she's in the tub and he's being sweet to her you know what i mean i mean she's going through it and he's just sweet and you don't expect that either you don't expect you don't expect any man to be nice to his wife in this, in this yeah show. unless you're ned stark or whatever there's very there, there's exception not rules so yeah um, no i agree anyway. i just thought everyone was yeah. going to be like damon like everyone's just going to yeah. be a hard ass like targaryens yeah. are just bad motherfuckers but it's good to see Hopefully he's this this king isn't just like as gullible as Damon thinks and actually somewhat helps Rhaenyra before we Yeah. Uh, I'm really excited for, for Viserys. I think that Patty, I think Constantine, something like that, is he's fucking was awesome in this episode. And I think people are really gonna like his character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So moving on to, like we mentioned, Damon and who has the almost exact opposite introduction as Viserys. He's on Viserys' throne. 
and he just seems like much more of a badass of a hard ass of like a typical kind of little bit you know got a little bit of a screw loose targaryen yes definitely he is for sure going to be the center of this show even the little bit of targaryen lore i know like he is the bad motherfucker and you can't go anywhere on social media and not see people talking about him like he is the one that's that's directing conversation because he seems to be the most interesting if you like what he's got going on and like what he's doing, because he's obviously questionably moral, I'm hoping he's not pure evil, which it's kind of leaning yeah. that way right now. But I'm really hoping Game of Thrones is is classically known as the gray characters. So like he has to have some not good in him, but like not predictably evil. That's just all I'm hoping for him. Let's hope he's not Joffrey, basically. Right. Yeah. 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 Matt Smith is so good for all my crown fans out there. Millions of things. Doctor Who fans are are shaking right now because he's yeah. he's mm-hmm. that good. But in this world, because of all the incest, I mean, when Rhaenyra walked in, I was like, no, like I was like, yeah. they're going to kiss. <laughs> I was so scared, especially when he's like, turn around when he's putting the necklace on her. I was like, ah she's so young don't or not that she's so young i mean she's your literal niece so maybe that's why you don't but (laughs) (laughs) so many reasons why not to but that's the issue with this whole show i'm like who everyone's gonna kiss each other everyone's gonna kiss each other so he does look like he cares for her though like as a yes you know so i'm hoping that's real and doesn't get weird like you're saying but to be honest the 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 throne, the updated throne stole this whole scene for me. Like, holy oh, shit. So sick. It was so fucking cool. Just with all of the swords that were used to forge, supposedly forge the original, even though it doesn't look like what it's supposed to. It's way closer to the original and what George R. R. Martin yeah. kind of envisioned. Totally. Yeah. The original is like it, you're supposed to go up like 80 stairs that are all made out of swords. And it's just to a get to thousand it. swords. Just yeah, lined yeah. On the wall. But I was gassed up too when I saw the swords on the side. I was like, they do care. <laughs> Um, but also his relationship with Rhaenyra in this scene is completely book accurate. They are like very close described as that. It literally says that he would get her gifts when he would go and fly on dragons to the free cities and shit. So this is like perfectly book accurate, basically. First on the board um, prediction now, knowing the end, this is just for me and Kathleen. Does the air struggle turn him right. super against her or is he going to keep treating her like family? I just don't think he'll take her seriously. Enough, you know, I don't think he's going to get anywhere near hurting her or anything like that. I think it'll be truthfully like not taking her seriously by any means. If anything, it'll just turn him against the king. So I think they're maybe I'm maybe I am pulling from things I know. I don't really know. but I'm thinking that they're just totally. Are they the dance of dragons like them? Damon versus Rhaenyra, because that seems like that could be a good season three conclusion of the end of the series. Just fucking badass dragon fights like that seems where it's probably going to go because he's he's got to be just pure like antagonist. I cracked a smile when you said treat her like family because I'm just thinking like, do you really want her, him to treat her like like Targaryen family or like what we think about treating family? <laughs> and uh, just uh, two comments to to wrap this up is that them speaking High Valyrian was sick. That's really cool that like they so have sick. their own like Targaryen language almost that they can speak to each other. Like that's kind of in private. Like that the Sir. Harold Westerling like couldn't understand what they were saying, obviously. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is that he says, now we each have a piece of Targaryen history, of our history. His is that he wields the sword Dark Sister. So that mm-hmm. is the Valyrian steel blade that was wielded by oh, I'm gonna be upset if I forget this, but I'm pretty sure it's Visenya. So one of Aegon's wives. 
and I'm going to say it was for I recognized Sam. it. I recognized the name. Yeah. So it was made for a woman. That's why it's Dark Sister. But so uh, that's the blade that Damon Targaryen uses. So um, love that. I'm just really going to quickly mention this scene of Allison and Rhaenyra and they, they having a little chat in the Godswood only because they totally mentioned the Nymeria like mm-hmm. history thing because they're making that a prequel show. Like that's yeah. another of the prequel shows. So I was like, you little cheeky bastards. And you recognize <laughs> that name, right, Kathleen? Nymeria. Nymeria the Wolf. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That was just like a little promo they basically cut in the middle of the episode. But the, the, um, the Godswood was cool. Like that touch in the background. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Again, Allison. And Rhaenyra, I was like, are these two going to kiss? <laughs> what is wrong with me? They're some besties. They're just some besties. I so, know, but I just can't tell. Let's just talk about her in general right now while we're... This, yeah. is, this isn't technically her introduction, but this is like her second scene. Um, because I feel like what we saw on the screen did not match the cinematography of what they were kind of building around her. Like, especially towards the end, they kind of made it like ominous and like... I I had I I saw no vibes of her being anti Rhaenyra until the end when they show her they kind of give her a look while while Rhaenyra is being named the heir in the last scene and I feel like something's gonna go wrong with her and she's gonna totally be a slight villain I don't know it just but the, I'm only saying that because I think of like how the music was portrayed and like when they showed her versus what I saw on the screen because what I saw on the screen I liked this girl and I feel like that's bad because High Towers seem like a they scheme in family. Yeah, they've definitely painted the Hightower family just purely because of Otto as these kind of little yeah. Not yeah. weasels, but like they clearly have some type of ulterior motive. The whole episode, she seems like she's kind of being used as a pawn, right? I mean, mm-hmm. she seemed worried about her brother during the tourney, and then Damon walks over and wants like her to like, what is that called when they give the flower, the like, flower crown or whatever? Yeah, you just you fight with their favor. Exactly. And so then she does that. Then she seems all happy. Then her dad's trying to pawn her off. I didn't feel the ominous. Maybe I blinked during that scene, Luke, at the very end. I don't know. Maybe I missed that. Was it like a long lingering scene? Did I miss it big time? It was weird. I don't know, Kyle. Do you know what I'm talking about? They kind of like zoom in on her for like a couple seconds and it's not happy music. (laughs) Like your best friends being crowned the heir to the kingdom. It's more like. What's What's also, I mean, that music is is tying in multiple scenes at once, technically, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah. I could be over. I definitely liked her. I think the feeling that you're getting that she's a pawn is on purpose. It's continuing that theme of women are only good for childbirth and they're kind of used as political motive, things like that. Mm -hmm. So I think that the fact that you're feeling that means that they are kind of nailing that idea. Yeah. All right. So the next two just very quick scenes, we'll get some... uh, some medical things with the king and queen. So we learn that King Viserys has a little bit of like a, a pus covered scratch on his back. They're going to cauterize it. And he's like, yeah, sure. Whatever. He's a fucking dragon. He doesn't matter. He doesn't. He's not afraid of fire. That was my first thought. Like, who cares? Just do it right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a beast. He's a fucking Targaryen. So he walks out of the room and goes to the actual real medical emergency, which when well, I had an emergency, but that his wife is very pregnant and she is not having a good time with it. And it gets fully explained. She's 10 pregnancies over or five pregnancies over 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which is just insane. Yeah. The duty for these women to birth heirs is so brutal. And we'll get to the scene obviously later where it's just as devastating TV that that that's hard to watch. 
Um, but we'll get there. But I really like her. I was bummed that she died. So like she's yeah. the big death of this episode. I was, she was great. Bummed about that. Yeah. They did awesome. an amazing job of pulling like literally her name being written in Fire and Blood, the book, like maybe two times into making her like a compelling character. Her and obviously the actress. I think she did a fantastic job. Yeah. But yeah, this was a great scene. I think two things I just want to, I guess, bring up is that uh, I love that Viserys doesn't know it at the time, but perfectly predicts that Damon will come back to King's Landing to participate in the tourney because that's his brother and he knows him. Mm-hmm. And that he compares Rhaenyra to Visenya. Then yeah. he says this family has their own little Visenya. So and that's kind of similar again to Arya Stark. A little bit is in that character mold. So mm-hmm. we're really nailing these uh, these story beats well. Mm. All right. So speaking of Damon, obviously he's a big character in this episode. We'll move into, we'll talk about his scene taking control of the gold cloaks and then a little bit of the aftermath of it um, that takes place in the small council room. So oh, I love this. I love this chain of scenes. But this I want- scene. I'm sorry. I'm just going to step away very quickly just to say this scene of the speech. I was like fully gung-ho in like Matt Smith is going to win awards for this television show. <laughs> I was so down in this scene. Like he's just he's the guy I'm in. So before we talk about it, because I I've, first question, I want to set the stage here. Did he create the gold cloaks or did he just revamp them? He created the gold cloaks. OK, so from the ground up like this was yes. his creation that was the what i was confusing because i know yeah. like they go through their rise and fall and by the time game of thrones comes around they're shitty again and Tyrion takes yeah. over and makes them better i didn't remember if this was the first real revamping or the actual creation that makes it a lot better so they were always the city watch he gave them the gold cloaks and right. then they eventually after that they become known as the gold cloaks that's why yeah, he- he's obviously like a persuasive leader like he took how many men they say 2000 men mm-hmm. that were nothing and and unruly and made them you know loyal soldiers for him and that's that's scary that's scary if he's gonna be a bad dude moving forward yeah but i don't high tower doesn't like it i hate to be the one to say this but i feel like i agree with what damon did <laughs> i think his total his his explanation of it makes so much sense like we're talking about 200 years before Game of Thrones. And in Game of Thrones, you walk down the alley at night, you're going to get murdered. Like, this is a perfectly reasonable solution to having all of these nobles <laughs> from around the fucking world come into your city that is lawless. Like, if you're not in the Red Keep, there's a 50-50 shot. You look at someone and you make eye contact, they're going to rape or kill you. Like, one of the two. So it's like, this is amazing, in my opinion. I feel like this just cleanses the city. Sure, it's 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 evil, I guess. But, like, I, there were rapists, murderers, thieves. Fuck yeah, this yep. is sweet. So you're on you you agree with Corliss. Yes, and David, totally, obviously. which is what I was trying to get at, at the very beginning cuz Corliss is he seems a little bit more logical, like he's thinking about it like you were saying, he cares about the ports and the money and like he's thinking about it the the empire is like a business and it has to make has to be able to run well if you're going to try and make it prosper and stuff. So I think this is the way to do it quickly if you're having this tournament in like a I don't know how much time, like a couple weeks, months, whatever it was. Yeah. For sure. I just am so shocked that they showed the cutoff penis. <laughs> Insane. Loved it. I mean, I, I'll say it like I just it was not necessary. <laughs> no, they're like, not cowards. We, we love. Yeah, we I mean, we'll call people out for not showing dick, but like that's not really the dick we're asking for because they were cowards a little bit later, actually, in the, yes. the third part of this scene when Damon kind of leaves the council meeting and goes to his whorehouse mm-hmm. to kind of, you know, be sad that's and they were scene, cowards right? yeah they were yeah. cowards i mean if you could read me and luke's text thread earlier exactly <laughs> that fucking <Yeah>. cowards <laughs> i don't want i don't want this cut off dick 
Yeah, enough I with mean, the dismembered penises. Yeah, I want one on. attached to a body. Yeah, and Matt Smith thing. particularly. <laughs> give me the real fucking thing. But I think for me, I was kind of forgetting how lawless this place was. So I wasn't even sure that these people were actually criminals at first. Like I was like, oh shit, are they just slaughtering anybody? Like how they're just pointing at a guy being like raper, robber, whatever there's, you know, thief, whatever. It's like, what do they have that written on their heads? How do you know they're, that guy did that? And that's why I was like, this is wild. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that if you if you kill a rapist, it's it's a bad thing. I'm just saying like, yeah, I agree. 100%. It's crazy. It's his, definitely guess, a little crazy. Whatever that guy must be, his second in command, his captain was just literally pointing at people and just calling out their crimes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah. how does this man know who these people are? Right, that was a correct. little weird, but I mean, the way that the king, <laughs> the king says and the lawmakers say they like they were all criminals. So it's it's kind of confirmed that it wasn't any innocent. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. And also completely book accurate in the sense that they literally have it says that Damon went through and just started like he loved being able to mete out the king's punishment and just the king's justice and cut people's hands off and cut their dicks off and kill them. So crazy. He was but, just absolutely in his element. Let's talk about his wife that gets mentioned in this whole scene because they're basically the council besides the king is trying to get Damon the fuck out of King's Landing. Like they're sick of his shit. Like he's a he's a wild card at all times. And um, this is leading me to another question here, Kyle, because he's married to Lady Rhea of the Vale. It's confirmed that she is still in the Vale. Like yeah. she's she, they're not together. And he they're like, why don't you go back to your wife? And he says something about his wife, like the description of her. Did he call her like a like a bronze bitch. Yes, that's what it what is that? Is that anything? So there's a character in the Game of Thrones show. His name is Jan Royce. His name and his nickname is Bronze Jan Royce. So they have a castle runestone. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, I could be off the mark here, but I, there's something obviously to do with what, whether they wear like they have like a famous set of bronze armor or maybe they mine bronze. I don't know if it's at the top of my head, but with House Royce, it is a theme of of the concept of bronze. OK, I just knew it meant something to do with her family and like where yeah. she came from. I love when he says like talking about fucking sheep and that, you know, I would like men in the veil would rather fuck sheep basically. And I don't remember if it's the grand maester. It's like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> like however he responds to the, the fucking joke is really good. Twice they say your lady wife is what they say. And so I literally Googled mid episode. I was like, who is Damon's lady wife? <laughs> like, just the exact phrasing they say. I'm like, why do they keep saying your lady wife? Is, is there yeah. any context to why he married her? Like, is that was it a allegiance or we don't really know? Honestly, I don't remember them ever addressing it in fire and blood. It seems like it's just like a second son type of marriage of just okay. you marry him off. Dane was probably wild, obviously, throughout when he was a kid. I mean, he got knighted at like 16 and got dark sister at 16. So he was probably a little bit of a wild card. And they were like, how would you get a wife, have some kids and settle down? And he was obviously not about it. Sweet. The internet said they do not like each other and they have no kids because of this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he calls his wife the Browns bitch. So yeah, I don't, I don't think that they like each other. I would love to see the moon door again, but I feel like that's not going to happen. I I don't see see. Damon actually really leaving King's landing. Like, I think he'll be back within the next episode or so. Like, I don't think he's going to the veil, but he might. I don't know. Yeah, we we shall see. I just also want to just as like a summary of this scene. It's just really about how much Otto and Damon hate each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are just, I mean, it's technically the, the heir to the throne and the hand of the king just absolutely despise each other. And that's obviously a very important conflict for, um, for the realm. 
I mean, Damon even fucking makes a joke almost about his dead wife who like just died. So, and again, we're getting this Viserys is kind of rather jovial nature of he's not like really upset at either of them for doing this. He doesn't really raise his voice. He's kind of like, come on, Otto, like, you know, he likes to do this to you. Like, it's mm-hmm. nothing about him, like really taking control. It's just kind of telling him, like, settle down, like, stop. Right. Yeah. And I actually really, really love how much Viserys does actually love Damon, even though he's a wild card, even though everyone else mostly is against him and thinks he's so crazy. Viserys is like, that's my fucking brother. You watch it. <laughs> like, he'll stick up for him, which I love. Yeah. And that's why at the end, when Damon's being like such a wuss and such a whiny baby at the end, I'm like, come on. He sticks up. I mean, he was we'll get to it, but he was listening to Viserys stick up for him. Yeah. And he was still being like, why won't you make me hand to the king? Yeah. Come on. Damon is a anyway. he's a complicated character. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Viserys is a lot more straightforward. He's just wants seems like wants everyone to get along. He just is king. He, you know, loves his family. It's just kind of his deal. Simple um, man. Speaking of complicated, is the next scene just limp dick, Damon? Is that what was going on? Ah, uh, ooh, I guess I didn't get that, but yeah, maybe. I just is that seems what like he all... just couldn't bang the girl like he was like like what the fuck was happening? Yeah. Yeah, so, that does seem like it. In the scene when it, it looked like he was get going and then he just lost it, like he couldn't keep it up. And she do we have a name for her? So her name is Missaria. Say it again. Missaria. Missaria, okay. Yeah. Miss Aria. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll remember it now. So when she's like, I could bring in some more people. I could even get one with some silver hair. That's why I'm like, who's he picturing? Who does he actually want? Definitely not bronze bitch. So who does he who does he want? Which is That's why That's what you thought of. I was thinking like, what? everybody's just down for the Targaryen incest and they're going to promote that in whorehouses and stuff. I was thinking he has someone specific like a sibling or, or not a sibling, but a family member that he's thinking of. Like, you know, pretend it's Jamie yeah. and he couldn't okay. get it up. And because he's actually thinking of Cersei, like I'm th- I was wow. like, who's he who's he thinking of? You were thinking of it as a general. Mm-hmm. I just want to bang my sim- my family members. Yes, okay, that's what I thought. I was like, "What sure. the fuck, man? Is he also kill I mean, her?" I guess you guys are seem to be taking of like this wouldn't have been the first time that he's asked or talked about it. No, no. How, like, how would she know to say that? Totally, and I'm so I'm basically saying she obviously knows this. Yeah. Who I want to know if it's someone specific or if Luke's right, and it's just like you know I could bring I could bring in somebody for you. Okay, you yes. want somebody who looks like your aunt? I got you. <laughs> I can see. It. I, can, I can see it. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, so a fun little lore thing with her. I don't think this is a spoiler. They might get to it. They'll probably get to it later. But I just think it gasses her character up. So her name is Missaria, but the people, the common folk, I guess, refer to her as Lady Misery. Okay. Cool. So yeah, that's sick. That, you can like call that, me that yeah. too. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Lady Misery. Joust. 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 And I'll be remiss before we get to the Joust. 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 That her actress. She's from Devs, and I know Paul loves that show. So Paul, if you're listening, she's from we love Devs. You. Yeah, and we love you. So back to the jet. Well, not back to onto the jousting. So we're just gonna break the tournament scenes into two. So it's pretty much before the bad news where Viserys has to leave and post bad news where Viserys is at Emma's side in the childbirthing bed. So before the bad news, we're having a great time. Viserys is pumped. He's fucking making a speech. Uh, we, you know, we got Baratheons jousting. We get a Tarly name drop. We meet a Dornish knight. Like we're kind of getting after it. And I re- honestly really love this part of the episode. 
I liked all of the banners. Like if you pause on the the jousting like line, every single one of the banners. Like I saw, um, I feel like there was some random thrones houses on there that I can't like. Would this would the sun spear be there? Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Like I feel like I. I don't know what's going on with Dorne at this time of the world, but like, it was just so cool seeing yeah. all of the different flags that you reckon. I recognized like half of them. And it was just amazing to see. Yeah. That was actually something that, so George R. R. Martin had three like non-negotiables. And one of them was that the dragons had to be really colorful. So we've kind of seen already that we have two fairly distinct, colorful dragons. And one of the second one was that he wanted it to be like super colorful with like, you know, he wanted the knights to wear fancy armor. Or like he wanted all of the house sigils to be on display all the time. So that's why like they all have the shields, like there's all the banners flying. So because honestly, it's yeah. way more like that than it is from what season one in Game of Thrones when they do the jousting stuff. Did you say there were three things? Yeah. And I regret saying that because I don't remember the third one. Okay. <laughs> But I, <laughs> I just dude, don't. the aesthetics in this scene were they hit. I'm happy that you said that because obviously Damon has the coolest armor in all the land and it's just the fucking shit with the black wings. But I even liked jumping ahead a little bit. That guy he points out, it's basically just I, um, I forget what family it is. We'll get to it in a second. But his get up was he had like the chess castle thing yes. helmet going on that looked so fucking cool like, yeah it, that's it how it's overshadowed yeah. yeah okay yeah that yeah. was yeah exactly it was sick yeah i audibly was like whoa when they show the arena and the crowds and just everything all of uh, the named characters obviously and viserys is giving a speech they show the crowd and i was like shit yeah, yeah. like this is what you live for back in yep. the day like the crowd is hype this is lit some gratuitous violence i'm here for it Mm-hmm. I am here. This I just thought they did the jousting so good. I actually just watched the last duel, and it felt like similar to that. Obviously, like that scene is like super gritty, but just like the speed of the horses and like the impact of like flying off your horse. Like the old Baratheon guy that comes up and and asks Rainey's for her favor and is like, you know, names her the queen who never was. And actually, Otto even turns to Viserys is like, you could have his tongue out for that. And again, we get this reinforcement that Viserys is a chill motherfucker because he's like, ah, let them have their fun. So, but he gets like rocked off the horse. And is he, he's a Baratheon of Stormfront, right? Like that's just their only connection because they're not married into the family yet. Storm's End, but yeah. Or Storm's but End. No, that, <laughs> that, that should be, if I'm not mistaken, that might be her uncle or cousin. She calls him cousin. She does say cousin. Yeah. Yeah. Because her, her mother is a Baratheon. Okay. So her father is the eldest son of the old king and her mother is a Baratheon. Oh, I didn't know the Baratheons married in that quickly. That may- okay. Oh, yeah. The Baratheon house was created because Aegon, the Conqueror's best friend, was a Baratheon. Gotcha. That makes yeah. sense. Oh, yeah. Oh, we also get introduced to Kristen Cole. We kind of just, we learn his name and he's just kind of catching dubs all over the place in the jousting. Um, so he seems like one to watch in the future. We'll talk about him a little later after we get the bad news. And you pointed out, Luke, the the Hightower Knight with the the castle helmet. Mm-hmm. And Damon, again, is just a complete asshole and gets to choose his person. And of course, he chooses the eldest son of the Hand of the King, Otto Hightower, and then pulls a fucking cheap shot and jousts his horse into the ground. <laughs> Dude, he makes eye contact with Otto, and I was like, bro, why would you even look in that direction? Like, this is clearly now a vendetta against you. Dude, he is insane. He was okay, though, right? He was fine. The His His face face got fucked. I thought the face got fucked because it was like the dirt on the ground and stuff, because the dad and the sister didn't really react that heavily. They thought he was fucked, but I thought he like kind of 
I thought it was, it was blood, fine. personally. Is he? Me is too. He and I took it as he no. stood up. So he's. That's why they were like, okay. And that's yeah. why I was saying it was confusing because Allison looked nervous as it was happening. Yeah. And then Damon just walks up and was like, um, I think I could take this all the way, but it'd be better if I had your favor. And she's like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean that's just another again slap in the face to Otto. Like he just bodies yep. his eldest son and then gets his daughter's favor for the rest of the jousting. Like he's just yeah. an absolute cunt. Yeah. I can't believe he hasn't tried to bang <laughs> her yet. But, yeah, I mean, like just in one of high tower. Yeah, that's true. She doesn't have silver hair. It's only been one episode, bro. And the last comment I will make on this scene is that Lord Beesberry, I just I'm gonna call it low key the goat. Just places a little five dragon bed on Damon. It's just like <laughs> I love that they gave that little characterization to him because again, he's has like his name gets dropped a couple times and he has some sentences. So I like that they're like adding on this mm -hmm. type of stuff to these characters. You want to hear something really dumb? I turned to Alex while I was watching with that. Go, did he just bet five dragons on that? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Like I think that's the coin. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh okay. I thought I thought you like understood it was the coinage, and were like knew that five dragons was like a ton of dragon coins. You thought he was betting the beast, the animal. Yeah. That is great. Dumb as rocks. Yeah. Happy that to be so, here. That is so great. But let's talk about, in my opinion, one of the best one-on-one -on -one fights in all of the Game of Thrones universe. Not a lot of one-on-one -on -one fights really happen, but this was up there, man, with the mace. Like, yeah. how the mace was introduced. I love when they bring medieval weapons that aren't just fucking swords or axes, and that, that so, was sweet. That is actually a morning star. Right, same thing. Yeah, but that is, I mean, <laughs> again, obviously they're going to make this book accurate, but Kristen Cole is known in the book. Like, he's just a savage with the morning star. It was, he was so good with it. Like, the choreography of the fight was amazing, and he was winning until... Damon started being like a little bitch, but then he he yielded, which I did not see coming. I thought he was yeah. gonna like wait until he gets up and just stab him in the neck or something like that. But Me too. thankfully, he's not like that level of evil. Yeah, I mean, he was still being a douche when he like lost the joust and then yeah. was still wanted to fight. Where it's kind of like, <laughs> yeah. dude, you lost, <laughs> and then he proceeds to lose again, which is like even better because he's a little bit of a yeah. yeah, he's just kind of a cunt. So that scene with the fighting is kind of looped throughout a uh, a much sadder scene which is uh queen emma finally going into labor and um getting onto the battlefield that she called her own unfortunately and um this was just honestly just all of these scenes were really hard to watch they they said before the show came out that they really wanted to like highlight this part of life in like the royal court and just kind of at this time and i, I mean fuck they did it like they totally did it uh, yeah i mean the baby was breech for, and that means feet first for anyone. And I, I can't that. believe I needed that information. People too. ever gave birth ever. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck? Like what? And I mean, having him make this decision and watching her scream for her life, because obviously she didn't want to. Anyone who has had miscarriages, stillbirths, whatever, babies born and then die, they don't want to keep doing it obviously it's a lot to put your body through and then the emotional distress and devastation as well just absolutely brutal and watching him make that decision and then like obviously he doesn't want to make that decision either i'm not saying that was the right decision because 
they were truly saying it's one or both. Like either yeah. one's going to live or they're both going to die. Make the decision. I don't know say, if there was any chance that she was going to live. Right. right Is that right. what the you one, took it as? Yes. Yes. The yeah. one was going to be the baby. It's either yes. the baby or both. So that's that makes it like objectively. Not in my yeah. opinion. I, I don't I I absolutely don't think it was immoral. I think it's the I'm making this decision and then we're going to hold you down and have it be yeah. done is the brutal part of it. Yeah. I don't know that there's a better way to. I mean, the better way is to be like, listen, this is what it's going to have to be. And then you have to accept your fate, which is impossible. Either way, she's going to be screaming and dying. So tough, tough scene. He loses his wife, who he obviously loves. So, yeah, I don't know. I, brutal, brutal. Yeah, the, the kind of the sentence that I just wrote was that like her realizing that what was about to happen and then like beginning to protest it and like squirm around and screaming was like genuinely horrifying to watch. Question, yeah. wouldn't you rather just like, all right, if this is going to happen, slit my throat real quick, like rather Absolutely. than bleed but out like this. I, they, yeah, they I care don't more about the air. Yeah, that's than... true. And if it made the mom like freak out, the body could fuck up. But this is something that um, I'm slightly embarrassed to admit because I don't know how, if it was common knowledge or not. But I don't know if you guys ever heard like the statistics about any time period in human history before like the 1500s it was always like the the um the average lifespan was like 30 or 40 yeah. like even back yeah. in the the jesus like the zeros <laughs> like i was always under you know it probably took me until like freaking late high school college before i found out the reason for that was it, it had nothing to do with like if you were born and you were like you lived to be five or six you pretty much lived a normal life to like your 60s the reason that the average lifespan is so low is because so many babies died. So yeah. the statistic was like, it was something crazy. Like if you live to be like one or two, you're, you're good. Basically not like as good as us now, like eighties, nineties, right. but like sixties. <laughs> so that was just, it was just great to see them like highlight this. And especially goes back to the bath scene when she's like, yeah, I, all my babies have died. And that's just kind of the time period. And you're right, Kathleen. Like she was, she was ready to move on. She's like, this is the last time I'm ever going to fucking do this. And of course it ends up. It was, she her. was right. Yeah. Not in the way that you were anticipating it when she initially says it, but it literally was the last time she would do it. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's a little beat where the maester is holding the baby and there's like, he looks at the baby concerned. Do you, there's like a sort of sound. Like and I knew I knew right then and there. I was like, that baby is not living for sure. And they don't I don't think they actually say it until Rhaenyra is like in Valyrian talking in Valyrian. What is the language? Valyrian? Is that what it is? High Valyrian. It's high Valyrian. High Valyrian. Yeah. And at the funeral and says, like, I hope his son who lived for an hour or whatever she says. Brutal. He's yeah. there for the day. Yeah, air for the yeah. day. And I mean, they did just an amazing <laughs> job of putting the childbirth type of violence, I guess you can say, and like struggle against yeah. the, the jousting type of violence and struggle. Just weaving those scenes together was perfect. Like they even have a moment where like she's screaming in pain and like her screams fade into the crowd cheering for the jousting. And it was just like, holy shit, like yeah. they're really hammering this shit home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that cross cutting was good. It was it was like the the most intense moments of the episodes. Oh, yeah. I mean, I knew what was going to happen and I was still like, holy fuck, this is like so intense. Yeah. And I guess before we move completely on, I just want to also, we talked about the fight obviously between Kristen and Damon, but I just like how they, again, they're, they're just 
I mean, it's Stevie. They love doing this, but the, the symbolism, I mean, Kristen's riding a white horse while Damon's on a black horse and Kristen is like riding clean and is kind of avoiding his squires with the horses and Damon's just knocking people fucking over. Like, it's just the way that they're kind of pinning those two against each other from the first episode, I think is going to yeah. be really cool to watch. Okay. So and Kristen actually, guy, huh? Kristen ends it by asking for the princess's favor. So he gets Rhaenyra's favor at the end. Mm-hmm. All right. So we'll move now into the sad aftermath of Emma's. Emma's passing. This is the funeral scene, which Kathleen uh, just mentioned a little bit. But just honestly, when they panned to the little body in the wrapping to like show you kind of that that the sun had passed, that was like, oh shit. Like that was, even again, I knew it was going to happen, but it was still like, it still hit me in the heart. Like, God damn, this is so sad. Damon, Damon was low-key hype. Not low-key, but like, (laughs) like he's just like, he's talking to to Rhaenyra again, like, I'm the heir, so like I can be nice and an uncle to you is what I kind of got because he was being nice to her and stuff. I, I don't know. I'm just yeah. No, hey man, you're free to interpret. I they could have been going for that. It's just I love hearing the interpretation of it. Yeah, I I took it as sincerity because he does. You could tell he does love Rhaenyra. I thought she was awesome in this scene, and I knew as soon as that you see the dragon, it's going to be Dracarys. Like you knew it was coming. That was just such a fun reminiscing of game of thrones in such a sad scene but she was amazing in this scene props to the actress i, I love that i want to rescind what i said about damon a second ago and clarify <laughs> because what i mean i agree he was being sincere to her there but i think he's only allowed to be or he's only capable of being sincere now that the air thing is back on the line yeah like if yeah, that's just how I'm thinking. I feel like he is truly sincere to his niece, but that sincerity takes second fiddle to his ambition. Yeah, this is kind of how I'm taking it. Yeah. I agree. I think that that uh, definitely changes his mood. He's yeah. the heir again. Yep. Obviously, oh. he's in a good mood. All right. And speaking of Damon's ambition, we have a full conversation almost about that. That's right after this. The small council convenes after the funeral, and. I mean, obviously, it's fairly insensitive that they begin this conversation. Otto Hightower kind of says, like, I don't mean to do this now, but this is kind of the time for it. Like, we kind of got to talk about the succession. And they kind of just have this huge argument, basically, over if Damon's fit, they pretty much decide that he's not. And who else could possibly do it? The idea of this, and this is so many royal families, anything like this, have had to live through this, where it's like people are so concerned with your death. It's like all they could talk about is your death. My his wife and baby just died. They're like all being like, well, when you die and all mm-hmm. of it, it's like your whole life is concerned. Even when he was going to be the heir was could be, you know, he's thinking about, OK, well, when my uncle dies or whoever was the last king, you know, it's just so morbid. And I don't want anything to do with it. Just like, leave me out of it. I'd be like, <laughs> let me be some sort of middleman where I'm like not even close to the throne, please. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Viserys obviously is, has to almost sit there and listen to it for a little bit. But he at the end of it just fucking gets the first time we see him legitimately pissed off yes. in the entire episode. And yeah. he pretty much blows up. I think we kind of talked a lot about what goes on here. Like Lord Corliss yeah. is the only one that supports Damon. But yeah. Damon's not like his just presence in that scene made it. Like him just behind that board, just the smile like he he under he's so, to me. I hope he's as smart as I think he is, because that just is another layer of a like I love that in a character, even if he's going to be evil. 
it's going to make him so much more fun to watch. And it seems like he knows he's like, he kind of just like gets a good read on everybody, but he already knew like what was going on here. And that leads directly into his confrontation with, with Viserys later, but I don't know, just yeah. good politicking here. And um, of course, Rhaenyra, Rhaenyra gets brought up as the successor by scheme and Hightower. Cause he's always trying to push an agenda. Of course. Uh, just some nuggets I think are worthwhile to mention. Corliss, the the dutiful husband and again another man of, of big ambition does name drop his wife yeah gets shot down immediately but you know he knew it was worth a shot to throw it out there and then um otto compares damon to magor the cruel magor the cruel was a son of aegon the conqueror he was a fucking absolute savage he rode balerion the back dread kind of just like burned down a ton of king's landing to make him king he built the Red Keep or finished building it. And then he's the one that I think they talk about in Game of Thrones, but he built the Red Keep and then he held like a feast for all of the builders and then poisoned all of them and killed all of them. So they didn't know the secret passages. Yeah. So yes. that no one would know the secret passageways. So in the Red insane. Keep. Yeah. So that's who they're Yo. comparing Damon to. So sick. Yeah. And also, lastly, I just love the quote of Otto Hightower, slightly ironic as well, of the gods have yet to make a man that lacks the patience for absolute power. Yes, that is the best line. Yeah, that was the best line. It's like the one quote I have written down. Yeah, that was literally that was a little bit of fire that he was spitting. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm thinking before we move into the next scene, because this will transition us there. And this is, I guess, more for Kathleen, because I'm just thinking like Hightower is now all in with the idea of the kid not being born, like the, the, the male heir being born. Hightower is just all in on trying to get himself, his claws into the throne. So I think he's, he's scheming to have Rhaenyra on the throne. Cause I'm thinking he's going to try and have his oldest son marry her. And then if that doesn't work, we get this next scene where he's going to try and have his oldest daughter bang the King and maybe get pregnant. I don't know. Like that's, that was what I was going for. What I took away from Hightower because it, it's back to back, right? Is that not the next scene yeah. where, yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, and, and that leads perfectly off of the quote that he has mm -hmm. where he's saying, like, using that against Damon, but it's kind of – it's also pretty much applies to himself perfectly. Yes. I mean, he sends a letter to Old Town, but not, like, the Citadel. It's not like he's sending it to the Macers. He's sending it to Old Town where his family is from. So, like, it's a secret letter he's sending. Yep. And like you said, he sends Allison to Viserys Chambers and says, like, wear one of your mother's gowns. Boo. Yeah, he's just pimping his daughter out. It's wild. Fucking gross. I mean, that's I the way that. it goes, I guess, back then, but that's pretty much what he did. Are we into that scene where she shows up at the king's door, um, too? Or is there anything else you wanted to add about that? Because I want. Oh, talk. yeah, no, we can talk about that, definitely. I mean, I guess, I mean, what are your thoughts about her, actually? I mean, she was obviously going to go through with it, but... Yeah, did you... Kathleen, do you think they banged? Like, are we assuming that they did? So, basically, I didn't think they banged. The vibe was not giving bang vibes. <laughs> I don't think so. I think she... It must it. not really have because you have been seeing bang vibes everywhere. <laughs> exactly. And maybe it's because I really didn't want it to happen. And when <laughs> okay. he in this previous scene, when Hightower was saying all this stuff, first of all, first of all, I thought they were going to kiss Allison oh and her God. dad. I was like, this is because he no. walks straight up to her and I'm just scared all the time at this point. I'm just <laughs> petrified that everyone wants to kiss their family. But and but they're not <laughs> they're not Targaryen. So whatever. But. No, I didn't. I didn't get bang vibes. And if they did, I feel like that adds another level to Allison because it didn't seem like she wanted to doesn't seem like he wanted to. I think he's genuinely devastated about this. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't seem like the type of guy who's like, I I'm devastated. So I'm just going to bang this young girl. I, I don't know. That doesn't that doesn't feel like him. 
he's not. I don't know. How about you? What did you guys get? What's the vibe? Well, if they did, I think we're going to find out in the form of her being pregnant. Yeah. So, I agree. And it's going to be a, a male, but it's going to be a bastard. Yes. And then what does that mean? So that means nothing to the air, I guess, unless unless Hightower starting to scheme to have Allison just marry Viserys right after his wife died, which I guess he has to do. I guess he should probably get remarried. And- Kyle, you're, you just guessed it. Kyle's face. No, I'm saying that going off the bastard, you assuming that because he has a bastard means he has to get married. There's also the idea like he could just legitimize him. He's the king. He could just make him not a bastard. But also, like, does he not need to? He's he young enough to get remarried straight up, like have a normal wife. It's hard to say, like, how old they're trying to make him in the show. But dude, I mean, he's a king. They'll probably he'll probably get married until he's like, even if he was like 80. he would probably Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like like Walter Frey, like he just keeps having heirs, right? No matter who the wife is. So I figured, like, if she gets pregnant, why not? Because he's just trying to have a boy. But I guess he's also in on Rhaenyra now. But I don't so know. So listen, now that you're saying all this, I wasn't down. I wasn't thinking that they actually bang. But now that you're saying that, I feel like that scene with Allison that you were talking about at the end when she was kind of looking at Rhaenyra being like, blah, blah, blah. Ooh. Maybe that has something to do with it because she just could banged be. her dad. You know, like could be all kinds of different shit with the fact that she just banged her dad. Because if she's pregnant. And she's thinking like, okay, Rhaenyra is the heir, but what if this kid is a boy, like, and it's the king's boy, like, this should be the heir. So that could kind yeah. of cause some resentment. But I don't know, it could be overthinking because I also did not think that they actually banged. But I think the ramifications yeah. for if they did bang would be really fun for the show. So I don't. Know I will say, if they did bang, I think it's solely because Allison was saying what he wanted to hear, mm-hmm. not in a not in a um, seducing way seducing way but in a way where she genuinely was like this is what i wanted to hear when my mom died and nobody would say it to me and so i'm gonna say it to you so i think maybe it was a weird genuine connection for a second not not anything malicious or yeah i don't know yeah small lore tidbit that might impact the way that you think about it so allison hightower like i said is older in the books so she is probably more in the age around like 20, I guess, in the books. So when she was younger, when the old king was still alive and on his deathbed, she used to read to him. So they became like kind of friends, I guess you could say. So when she was like 13, 14 ish, like she used to read to the king. So that mm-hmm. I think is why they they repurposed that concept here with series where she kind of brings the okay. book to him to read to him. OK, I just thought that was interesting and honestly, a really good choice. Guess I like saying? that. I like that little connection in the book, so I'm glad they kind of repurpose it into the show. Cute. So now we have we've seen Viserys mourning, and now we have Damon mourning. I guess you could say in quotes. So he is back at Lady Misery's brothel, and everybody's just fucking. I mean, that's <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. Everybody's just fucking, dude. And they, do you, I mean, I, I just like the air for a day speech. That's kind of what I'm just. I just called it. My oh yeah. Notes. Just I, I hope you guys saw it in the background of the dude just like mid stroke, just sitting there, just like for the whole speech. He's just totally <laughs> balls deep into this girl and he just can't move because nobody's moving. We're all watching the prince <laughs> and Alki brought it up and I was just cracking up because the second watcher, I just couldn't not look at this guy just straight up, just mid stroke. It's unbelievable. That's incredible. No, I didn't see that. Damn yeah, it. That shows how loyal they are. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, but also I'm just a great quote is that the gods give and the gods take away to the king's son, the heir for a day. Yeah. And we kind of get a little bit of, I mean, a little bit, we get the aftermath actually kind of auto finishes the line for him by telling King Viserys that he said this. Mm-hmm. Viserys obviously pissed the fuck off and in his grief invites, may not invites, commands Damon to see him in the throne room and they get in a in a bit of a fight about it. This is where I said he was being a baby. And he's like, why haven't you made him? Ha- Whoa. Why haven't you <laughs> made me the hand of the king? It's yeah. like, does he actually even want to be hand of the king? I guess he does. I don't know. I'm like, I just feel like Damon... What does he actually want? Like, I guess he does want to be the king, right? I mean, everyone wants to be the king. That's what we truly we truly think that Damon wants to be the king. That's his number one motivation. I think I mean, so. He clearly, I, yeah, he clearly likes being the heir. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, I don't know. that. I, this scene was the first one where I was like, it was like making me go like about him instead of like, he's fun to watch. I was like, this one was like, I was like, ugh, this guy. It seemed like they he's just so needed entitled. to get the... Um, the the trope out of the way like this is kind of like a tropey thing for this kind of character like he wants to be the king i guess whatever but uh the i sure. thought the opposite for viserys though because i needed this scene for me to walk yeah. away from the first episode liking viserys as much as i do he showed some fire and like passion for the first time especially against a brother who we know he sticks up for so this was like a good scene for him like he actually is freaking out and showing that he's not just a pushover king like damon accuses him of being like a weak mother like a weak just a weak leader but i also don't really understand what he was getting at about i i don't know enough about why he thinks viserys is needs to be saved from himself maybe it's because He's not thinking about the big picture enough in Damon's eyes. I don't really, I didn't get that line, but the rest of it was just, you know, good acting. I think that is kind of there to push him back into the gray area of where like, maybe he does like really care about Viserys and wants him to be a successful King. And it's not like he's scheming to get him off the throne. He actually wants his brother to be good at the job and such. That's a good point. Um, Yeah. I, I think that's, I mean, that's, I think the idea they're going for there is because like you guys have both said, like this scene, it was like, fuck Damon. Like, what the fuck is you kind of almost turned completely sour on him. And I think that quote is meant to kind of push you back a little bit the other way. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is also, is he really wrong? And a lot of that he says, though, I mean, he, I like the fact that he says he's like, I speak like they're kind of yelling and he just like drops his voice to like speaking. It's like, I speak the truth. Otto Hightower is not the man you think he is. But we haven't seen much besides like the scheming yet to think to think that ourselves. Like outside yeah. of what Damon's perspective is. Oh, yeah, I agree. I can say that they did a really good job setting it up where I I don't even between Hightower and Damon. I'm like, I don't really have an allegiance yeah. right now. I guess I pick Damon just because he's cooler because, <laughs> you know, he's like a sick character, whereas Hightower is just going to be a schemer. So, yeah, and, he and does... he's like pawning off his daughter. That just like, <sighs> yeah, that one's pretty bad. He does get yeah. uh, like his punishment is he's going to be sent back to Runestone, a.k.a. the veil, right? Mm hmm. I, you already brought it up earlier in the podcast, but the best little touch on this scene is just the, the sword cutting of the hand, because that's just like infamous in the in the lore of the books. Like every yeah. time you sit on the throne, you pretty much cut yourself because it's real swords. And by the time Game of Thrones era comes around, I guess like all whittled down and they like made it sittable. But it, this is like yeah. its glory. It's awesome. It's also a lore thing that getting cut by the throne means that like you're not a good king. That like really? the, like the throne is rejecting you. Damn, Ooh, that's yeah, cool as that's, shit. That's something that like people believe. Also, quick question: Was Khaleesi 
truly the like unburnt because she's not affected by fire? Like wouldn't or is that all Targaryens? Like shouldn't cauterization not really do anything to that wound because fire doesn't like do anything or am I? Um, They honestly go through it like a ton of there's a lot of examples throughout history of Targaryens trying to do what Khaleesi did and it not working and then dying from it. So I really think that there's just supposed to be something special about mm. her. So funny that we just still say Khaleesi sometimes instead of Danny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Khaleesi's a good name. <laughs> I yeah. change it every single time. Like Daenerys, Danny, Khaleesi. Yeah. That's my dad stuff. strictly refers to her as Khaleesi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some people love that name. Some people yeah, like have cool. named their have named their children Khaleesi. Yeah. All right, let's Ooh, move on premature. here. So the, to, this is the final scene, right? The triple yeah. parallel scene. Last little tidbit is that Viserys is wielding his Targaryen Valyrian steel blade, Blackfire, which is the sword that Aegon the Conqueror used. And Lit. it's also the last name of a family, the Blackfires. Yes, that is a bastard branch of the Targaryens that take the name Blackfire because the first that bastard wielded Blackfire. That's sweet. Yep. Cool. Actually, and I guess we can... Uh, finish this tangent out of that the the herald guy that was like exclaiming all of the jousts and all the fights wears the inverted colors of the targaryens so the targaryens are typically black standard with the red dragon and he was wearing like a red standard with a black dragon and that is actually the colors of house blackfire so okay moving on <laughs> so this is the uh and definitely the climax this is king what a way to end an episode with all of these scenes that kind of get pieced together but essentially Viserys kind of comes to his senses a little bit he kind of gets over his mourning period he's now the king he needs to make decisions and he decides that Rhaenyra is going to be his heir he calls her underneath the red keep and tells her in front of Balerion the black dread skull which Cersei destroys in Game of Thrones season 8 she Fuck does a bitch like a bitch. Also, Viserys, they didn't mention it, but Viserys was like the last dragon rider that rode Balerion. Like, Viserys rode Balerion the Black Dread. Oh, what? And they didn't say that? I don't know. I mean, that might, might be a spoiler, I guess, if they're going to mention it. Though, I mean, I guess it's only been in one episode, so they might mention that later. But yeah, dude, he's a fucking savage, and they never brought it up. I was going to say, like, just talking about dragons in general, you really give them to, your, I guess, your kids. And, and like, is it because he had Balerion that was his dragon and he died? That he doesn't have a dragon anymore? That is what they say, essentially. That he just never tried to take another one because Balerion was dead. And it was like, well, I can only go down from here. <laughs> yeah. I that mean, was the biggest one. That's that's yeah. the guy. That's the one. So he was like, ah, whatever. So, um, But also, I mean, yeah, that is like a kind of tradition is that they give a dragon egg to like a newborn baby. That it bonds so, them throughout their life. So I think if we're going to just talk about the rest of this episode, um, we should save that everything in, in front of the skull, Balerian skull as the third part of this and just cover the other two because that seems to be the yeah. most important stuff. Um, yeah, that so works. Like talking about like the actual naming of the air because we, we know where this is going. We've watched the episode. Um, but this is where Rick and Stark appears. Like they drop a couple of people just paying homage and, and, and committing themselves to Rhaenyra being the next heir of the series. Mm -hmm. So like this was just a cool backdrop scene where all this other crazy shit's going on. But... Yeah, I don't think I had anything else written down, but what else did you guys pick up from here? I just think that it's just important. I mean, that's just some some heavy hitters. I mean, we have Hobart Hightower, who is Otter's, Otter, Otto's older brother, who is the Lord of Old Town. We get Borman Baratheon, who is the Lord of Storm's End. We get Rickon Stark, like you said, who's the Lord of Winterfell, Protector of the North. They also 
perfectly timed it when Viserys yes. says the North and then it goes to Rickon Stark saying like I Rickon Stark like Lord that's of the Winterfell protect Very yeah cool. so they obviously that was on purpose but yeah I mean that's just like a huge moment and they all kind of bend the knee and I just I like that they started with Corlys Valerian because he's just the goat yeah <laughs> and I guess yeah, I just liked hearing the all the family names again like the more you say it I mean it's it's so good it's it's, it's so badass that's why I fucking love this shit man the yeah. knights and like the honor and the traditions and the house color is just so fucking good mm -hmm. it is all right I guess the other small thing before we dive into like the um the importance of of Rhaenyra being the heir and kind of all the secrets Viserys gives her is that just that Damon mounts his dragon which is Caraxes they call Caraxes the bloodworm Caraxes oh. is like a special dragon. So they're really going into the show with, they spent like a year almost modeling dragons and like they're treating dragons almost like dogs of like, there's different species of dogs. And I shout out, I got that comparison from a bald move, but like the fact that like there's different dog breeds, like there's different dragon breeds. Dude. So like the bloodworm is, Hey, has like a really super long neck and things like that. Like they modified his, like they modeled the fucking aerodynamics of him and like reimagined some of his wings to make sure that he could actually fly. Holy shit. Yeah. Right. That's fucking insane. But wow. we'll get more of, we'll get more of Caraxus in the bloodworm. But Caraxus like, the is the best dragon of all of the shows. Like he is the coolest looking. I, I he destroys Drogon in every way. And I thought Drogon was the shit like, Oh my god, I was loving the colors, like the bright red on him. And then yeah. um but there is I do have a question though. Did did uh Miss Arya <laughs> Miss Arya did Miss Arya that was my, I was gonna say that too get on I think the she's dragon? Going. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. Yeah. So he do you think she's just someone he visits all the time there? Like he didn't bring her back, I don't think, right? It's not like he's her she is his mistress that She'll like I assumed that he came home and he visits Masaria every time he's like home. Mm -hmm. But this time he's like, I'm taking you. <laughs> Come on, yeah. baby. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, they made it seem like she kind of like ran the brothel a little bit, or was at least like like the head the head player. Um well, I, she I mean, more that her, kind though. of yeah, yeah. That's kind of the, I mean, the three big things I had was them talking about all the secrets, everyone paying feel, I didn't mean to flew the finger, everyone paying fealty, and then, <laughs> and Damon leaving. So if I, if there's nothing else we want to say besides attacking all the secret stuff. Get into we it. Dive into that, yeah. I, I, this blew my mind. In what way? I did not think that they were going to like legit come out and just say this. Dude, this was easily my least favorite part of the episode, and it it the first time I watched this, I just kept saying "ew," like just out loud, <laughs> like I was like "ew." This is I hate everything about this, just because of how the reason I hate it is because of how good it was, like in terms of setting up prophecy that turns to shit and matters in no way at all, and like oh, this fucking night's gonna come, and like I all of it was like ugh, this is this is the ick we need to distance ourselves from if the show is gonna stand on its own two legs because we cannot make this about Azora's eye because we know what that turns into and it turns into dog shit so like fuck all of that let's just stick with everything else that was great about this episode and I'm get I don't want to talk long now because I'm just gonna be negative about this cat's ball dagger was dope fuck everything else <laughs> yeah you know now that I'm listening to you explain that ick as well yeah I, yeah. yeah i mean the only part i a actually got icked at was the song in ice and fire like live I'm like they just don't need to say that 
at all. I mean, but now that you're saying that whole bit was kind of like, like then the I'm whole, like, yeah. The whole trajectory of the Targaryen lineage is based on the dream called A Song of Ice and Fire, which ends with this whole calamity that's going to come down the north and take out the humanity unless the Targaryen's on the throne. It's like, okay, yeah, say that. That sounds sweet, but when you see what happens, it's not fucking sweet. That's, yeah. that's the issue. And it was 100%. I mean, okay, so it was at least 50% that they wanted to have this these tie-ins to the original show yep. to like have, you know, the average viewer to kind of make all these connections and be able to kind of, I guess, not feel completely lost in the sauce and just out to sea. But the bad part is that it just is a bad connection because totally. it brings up all of the negative feelings about it. So that's why it was like to me. And also like when he literally said a song of ice and fire, I am confident that that is what's going to happen in the books. George R. R. Martin has hinted at it before in interviews and they said that that like came from george like he told them that they could put that in there but it just sounded so like flat and like almost like fourth wall break in a bad way like a like a song of ice and fire like that's the <laughs> name of the book series like yeah. that's just that's what it felt like. like it'll it'll hit harder i think on like the page reading it it's just one of those things yeah i agree that for me it just was supposed to be sick and like Literally, them saying those words make it made it feel flat for me. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I thought Kyle was going to be defending this shit. No, like, no, there was other like <laughs> there was other good parts of like around all of this. Like Viserys having the opinion that taming the dragons was a mistake, and all of these kind of things. Like these these things were sick, and he apologizes for being preoccupied with having a son. I always should have yeah. known that you could become a great queen, and these are great moments. And he even he goes all Ned Stark or, or Lyanna Stark and says, you know, promise me, Rhaenyra, like promise mm -hmm. me. Like he drops those lines, and like those are great connections. Yep. Like that right there is an amazing connection. And the cat's ball dagger, like you said, we yeah. just didn't. Because now we're thinking about the fact that like how it actually ended. And it's like no one liked how it ended. Yeah. I mean, you're right. If they nailed season eight and nailed the stuck the landing, that might have been, been like, yo, what's this fucking guy? I would have been winding it up. I would have <laughs> been winding it up. Are you kidding me? Yeah, you're right. I mean, you're right. Don't like don't hit at something that was universally hated. You're yeah. right. Trust me, the, like my dad probably loved all this. Like this is like for the, meant for the casuals and that's fine. Like that's totally fine. You need to find a good balance between the two. And the way that I actually, I actually read this on, on Reddit, maybe like last night as I was like laying down thinking about the episode and stuff that made me feel a little bit better. And this is just going to be how I'm going to view this show is that it's a prequel for the books rather than the actual Game of Thrones show, because then I can cool. buy it. Because George, if he ever lives to, to finish book seven, he's going to make the Azores Eye thing slap harder than anything ever written in history. Oh my God. So like, yeah. that's fine. And that's what I want it. And that's why I'm so hurt by what Game of Thrones did. And that's why I don't want to connect these two, because if this is the prequel to what George writes, then fuck yeah, that was a sweet scene. Yeah. And I, when I had mentioned, like, it's at least 50% of that's the motivation. They do say in the behind the scenes that the other part of it is that they want Rhaenyra to have this, like, other drive beyond just being like, I gotta, you know, represent for the women out there that have been passed over in life. Like, they wanted her to have an additional level of going beyond just, you know, I was named the heir, this is my birthright. They kind of wanted to put that into her character. And I mean, we'll see how it plays out. I mean, but like you said, you logically take it to the conclusion and we don't really like the conclusion somewhere along the line. It got forgotten. Like someone didn't tell someone else about it. 
Cause it's not like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's not like the yeah. mad King was fucking acting like this. So like he, I don't know if he got the memo because <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't fucking seem like it. Yeah. True. Yeah. So, eh, whatever, but they did wrap it up very nicely by playing the OG theme at the end. Yep. Yes. Yep. And we're going to get that. the theme song next week. Yeah. Or like whatever the sequence. theme is for the show is going to happen yeah, next week, which will be fucking sick. I've it's what Monday. I'm just counting down the days. Everything revolves around House of the Dragon for me now. It's just how many days until the next episode? Yeah, which season do we start getting those Kyle emails? Oh, the the infamous. I mean, honestly, we do the podcast now. The podcasts are pretty much my emails. That's yeah. emails. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I love those I mean, emails. Yeah, I was I was trying to throw in some lore things throughout. I had more things written down, but I don't want to muck up all of the the fun chat. That I was love all the lore stuff. That was incredible. I think, like you know, we went a little bit longer than I w- thought we were going to, but it makes sense because we're we're setting the scene, right? We're setting the scene for an epic show. While it does have some some building blocks from Game of Thrones, like it still needs to, everything needs to be talked about the families and stuff. And for anyone listening that thinks like I hate Game of Thrones, I do, but like I don't. Um, <laughs> like don't like don't get it twisted because like I would rather spend time shitting on like Game of Thrones and something like House of the Dragons then praising a lesser show. Like this was still unbelievably fun. And even if it does keep doing stupid connections to Game of Thrones, like I'm still going to love talking about it because man, this world, the families, like the, the, the house setups, like the, the, the positions, like the, all of it is so good. Like we haven't even done anything with the wall and the night's watch. Like that's, that's a thing already. Right. Like it has to be. Yeah. Yeah. So like all of that's going to be brought in. Nothing. We didn't touch any of the Starks besides that quick cameo. Like Dorn can be a player. This is just so much. Like so much is open, and it's going to be amazing to talk about. And I can't fucking wait to see what Damon does next episode. Did you guys see the like TikTok of the New York apartment building where like yes. every window was watching at the same yep. time? That's, just love to see it. That is what this Game of Thrones world does. And there's no other show like it, really. I hate to say it. Hate on <laughs> season eight all you want. Mm-hmm. This show brings people together. And I'm really pumped to talk about um, the rest of the season. We may. Well, I'm sure we'll have um, some more Benchtown people on yep. for uh, for the next 10 episodes, especially Jimmy. He just couldn't because he's doing wedding stuff. But yep. I'm excited. This is going to be a big one. This is good. Yeah, I mean, like Luke said, this episode was completely, you know, we're pretty much, this would be like setting up a chessboard and explaining what every single piece on the chessboard does. That's essentially what this episode did. Um, So there's just so much to come. There's so much scheming. There's so much betrayal, backstabbing, dragon fighting, fire, morning stars, awesome heraldry and colors and houses and name drops and callbacks. So I just, like I said, I can't fucking wait to watch the rest of the show. Um, so that is going to wrap up our coverage of the premiere. Uh, I had a blast. We probably went long, but I don't really give a fuck. So like I said, we'll keep doing House of the Dragon stuff. Uh, we just recently covered the Sandman. Are you guys done covering the Sandman? We're recording the finale tomorrow. Okay. So the Sandman finale will be out very soon after you're listening this, listening to this. We've also, I mean, we've covered the wilds recently. I had, this is the first episode I've been on in a minute. I feel like, so what else have we kind of been doing lately? Kiki, the boys. Oh, that, those enough. were our big ones recently, Piggy and the Yeah, Pace. I mean, so this is the first time you ever listened to us. We have a huge catalog of shows that we've covered in the past two years. Um, So if you're feeling like you like us, go ahead and scroll through. If you see some shows you like, definitely give them a listen. Definitely, 
if you liked us, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. If you're listening on YouTube still, thank you for hanging around for this long video. Subscribe on YouTube as well. We do have a Patreon. If you liked us that much, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash TV and, uh, and subscribe to our Patreon. And also follow us. All of our socials are at Bingetown TV, Twitter, Instagram. We're on TikTok now. So we're making hey. TikToks. So if you if you like TikTok, you'll probably like our TikToks. And that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. Come on. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.